Welcome back, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. I'm your host, Tom Morcus, and today I sit down with Nicholas Todd Bullock, who goes by N.T. Bullock Online, and he's the founder and creator of Sequential Pictures, a film studio. And N.T., or Todd, is a filmmaker who discovered his passion for creating videos long before the advent of YouTube. In the mid-90s, he got hold of his father's camcorder and fell in love with capturing moments on camera. And despite the limitations of the time, like the absence of editing software like Final Cut Pro or access to free training and tutorials, again, this was pre-YouTube, Todd persevered. He worked multiple jobs to save up for a computer and a video card. He recorded tons of skits and short films with his friends, and he eventually published his work online. And one of his videos, one of his first parodies, went viral when it was published on YouTube. It was Star Wars A Lost Hope. And I will say, I think I saw that back in 2005 or six, like right when it was published, or really early, we'll say, um, to his content, and it made me laugh so much. And since then, I've actually followed his career for the last 10 or 20 years and been um, just a big fan. I was talking to him offline, and I tell him a little bit of that in the, in the call today. And he mentions this too, that, you know, again, it's, I'm not the only one like this, but that for many people who found his stuff, it's like this underground comedy and it's become almost vernacular in some circles, friend circles and family circles. And I would, I would agree that I'm, I'm part of that. I think some of his redubs like the thing and Dune and his recent, um, aliens, uh, alternate cuts, I think is what it's called, but you can search it on YouTube, go to sequential pictures. I mean, this stuff is hilarious uh, to me at least and my sense of humor it really it really hits deep so that's one of the reasons why I brought Todd on to the call today because I'm just curious about somebody like this who I would kind of call an underground comedian how he thinks and creates and in today's conversation Todd shares his origin story how he got started in film what inspired him to create and publish these skits and parodies online what the reception has been, including the ups and downs of being a creator in a world that tends to, in my opinion, and these are my words, hammer those who are inventive, um, including YouTube's crazy copyright claims, shadow banning, and more. And again, those are those are my ways of describing it. Uh, Todd might describe it slightly differently, but that's just my take and my perspective on it. We also talk about Todd's recent near-death experience, including multiple trips to the ER, 17 days in the hospital, and losing weight till I think he weighed, no joke, like, 80 pounds or 89 pounds at his lowest and how that has impacted his career and how he's rebounding and what's coming next from him. As an aside, if you feel compelled to support Todd, you can find a GoFundMe for his health challenges right now. And hopefully he'll have a Patreon set up here soon, which you'll hear in our conversation. I kind of try to goad him into starting one um, because I think there's fans like myself and other people, especially if you listen to this, even if you don't know him, go check out his work, who'd be willing to support him, you know, and maybe throw a, f- a few dollars his way. And you'll hear it when we talk today. You'll see that he's kind of what I would describe as that consummate artist, that creator. He doesn't, you know, we'll say he th- thinks about the art and the, the creative piece first, which I love and appreciate. Um, and maybe at the expense of the marketing and sales, which again, these are my words. Uh, although, although I think Todd would agree um, when you hear the conversation, that's kind of like it. So again, I'm, I'm try- I was trying to goad him a little bit into starting a Patreon. I'm going to try to uh, help him start that and set that up because why not? If, if people love your work, if fans love your work, uh, it's very reasonable for them to you know, put some money into the tip jar, so to speak. So if you do feel compelled after this conversation or, or checking out some of his work, you can go find him, go find the GoFundMe, or hopefully we'll have his Patreon set up and you can, you can throw a donation his way just for all the laughs that he's given people over the last couple decades. 
And ultimately, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you do, please share this interview with others. That's the only way this word of this podcast spreads and the only way interviews like this get anywhere um, is by you sharing them. And please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever else you're listening to this. So without further ado, here's my conversation with N.T. Bullock of Sequential Pictures. Todd, welcome to In the Trenches. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I got to just start uh, from the beginning for some context. Um, you were one of the creators, I guess that you could say I came into YouTube, maybe started watching around 2005, six, seven era or something like that around then. I won't say an early adopter, but, you know, being a millennial kind of uh, it was part of our our world, I guess you could say. And you were raised, across- raised on YouTube. Yes, a little bit. And I, I feel like your content was some of the first stuff that I would say, almost like, how do you describe it? It's like video memes or something like that. These, these parodies, these skits. And I remember at the time, not knowing who you were, just okay, you know, randomly finding these videos or people sharing these videos. And it was one of your Star Wars videos. And that's how I came across your, your content and have followed you randomly throughout the years. So for those who are listening, again, the context here is that now it's that's been like, man, it's like 20 years. It's more than a 20-year journey. So I'm just very excited yeah. to have this conversation with you. And I want to know a little bit more about kind of you and your origin story. Like where where did it all begin? Uh, you know, oddly, I, I've gotten quite a few comments on YouTube that that was that a lost hope, that Star Wars video was the first yeah. thing they saw on YouTube because um, I was kind of late to the to the YouTube uh, game, but uh, it probably started in uh, the mid nineties for me. So like a, almost a decade before <laughs> YouTube blew up, um, I kind of took my uh, father's video camcorder and just started, I kind of fell in love with the camera and was enamored with it and uh, started like putting my friends in front of it. And uh doing silly off the wall ninja stuff and craziness back then it was really difficult because uh it was before you had final cut pro and all that i think i started on a a p i was working like uh, four jobs and i would save up money and buy you know uh, buy a computer not a very fast one and uh like a back then you had to have like a video capture card like the separate thing that you had to add to the computer to make it you know function and it was terrible. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's come such a long way, but, um, YouTube was kind of, uh, like I, like I've mentioned to you before, I was kind of late to YouTube, but, uh, yeah, it was kind of the wild west, um, for even the decade before you, you know, you found one of the videos. Um, so it was, a, it was a long journey. Because it used to be a lot harder to, uh, you know, buy server space and put up yeah. a video and embed it in QuickTime and encode it with Serence and Codex. And right. it, now it's just, I mean, I got to love hate with YouTube, but I mean, it's so much easier to just upload a video now. And they, they do it in multiple resolutions at multiple, you know, bandwidths, bit, all that kind of stuff. It's It's just so much easier. So back then it wasn't, oh you know, I'm going to be a filmmaker and put, you know, put stuff online. It's like, well, now I got to learn how to make a website 
you know, like Dreamweaver and, yep. uh, you know, graphics and, and all the other stuff that goes along with it that has nothing to do with even making, making a film. So, uh, so yeah, there was a lot of work b- before that. But well, um, let me, let me ask you about that because so, and to put yeah. some context in like, uh, historically, so you started, was this like a, were you doing this like in high school? Was this something you did like just for fun or what was like, like, did you just do skits for fun? And then when did that go from, I guess, if that was the case, when did then you, you, you start actually publishing and putting stuff online and tell me kind of your thought process behind that. Um, yeah, I, I guess I was shooting skits that, uh, are long lost now with like a friend with yeah, high school, I guess. Um, we just set up the video camera and, uh, do, do silly stuff. And, um, uh, I did some like stop motion animation where you press the button to record and hit it again, it, you know, uh, started real, real simple, but it wasn't until I left uh, or graduated high school rather that, um, I started having a, a friend group. I was in a band at the time and then that band had, friends and fans and people that would come into like my universe, so to speak, or my galaxy rather. And, um, I had access to a lot more people and now I was driving and I could say, Hey, why don't we all get together? And cause I'm, you know, I'm from a very small town, uh, Macomb, Mississippi, and there's not a lot to do there. And, um, so that was kind of entertaining for me was like, why don't we do something? And I would just kind of throw them in front of the camera. And um, some people enjoyed it. Some people thought it was work. You know, you kind of suss out who's kind of down to clown and film. Um, but uh, it was a lot of fun. But a lot of that stuff didn't make it on to online because I was just learning. I was just, you know. Um, but pretty early on, I, I, I got the bug, so to speak. And um I realized, especially back then, that it was going to be a lot of work to put it online, and um, I wanted to get attention. And it's not like, I mean, I like Star Wars, but I wasn't like a Star Wars nut or anything. Um, But uh, I was like, well, I'll just do a parody of something that's really popular, and that'll get eyes, you know, I can get some attention. And so I think it was 99, I put out... The, the Phantom Menace was coming out or yep. no, no, no. Yeah. The Menace Strikes Back. I couldn't even remember the name of my own movie. Um, and uh, so I just did it based on that. And, uh, and that, you know, for the time uh, it got a lot of views. It's a lot easier to kind of calculate and aggregate that data now. Um, but I mean, uh, I was getting messages from, you know, from around the world or ending up in, you know, a magazine or, or some little blurb here. And it was pretty fascinating, you know, because the internet was still kind of new, really. And it was being the wild able to watch west, a video right? online. And yeah, yeah, it really was. And it was really difficult to even, I mean, the resolution back then, mm-hmm. my computer was so slow. I did it like it half of standard definition video if anyone can imagine that and um i had to learn 3d graphics to do some of the shots uh, i think i was using bryce 3d uh back then 
So it just, I spent years, I think, learning different disciplines, like a little 3D work, a little HTML, a little this, and, and um, I don't know. I guess I just, I learned by doing, because I'm, you know, made plenty of mistakes, obviously, but um, it was fun to do. But uh, yeah, it eventually would get easier to make a website and put a video up. But yes. I did that for many, many years. Well, that's, that, I feel like that's part of the creative process, though, right? Because you're you're a creator. You're, I, I feel like that's the, like a consummate, like um, creative, as well. Like somebody who just like, and we'll talk about your content a little bit later. But like, just kind of understanding kind of you and that process and what it's like to be somebody who's whether it's film or I just feel like any kind of creative pursuit like that. But in your capacity, it was like I think that's part of the fun. And tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, I know it can be a pain too. But like when it's like so early and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm making this video. Now I got to get it online. Now we got to get a website. Like part of that is that maybe that experimental creative process of actually just trying to build the thing. Would you say that's true? Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of that stuff was, um, uh, I, I just needed to, uh, it was necessity. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't start out saying like, oh, I want to know how to make web pages. I mean, I really could not have cared any less about that, but it was right. a means to an end. And I, at the point that I realized I wanted to, you know, I had ideas and I wanted to, to direct and I wanted to act. And I definitely knew nobody was going <laughs> to like cast me. So I kind of <laughs> was able to cast myself, you know, and, um, and kind of just learned by doing that as well. But, um, yeah, a lot of that stuff was necessity. It's not like, I had a, a, a penchant or a flaming desire to to learn 3D work. I respect it because, boy, it's difficult. There's a lot of right. buttons in that program. Yeah. But um, but it was necessity to just get the thing done. So uh, mother of invention kind of kind of thing. Because back then, I really didn't have any – I didn't have anybody to ask. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know any, any – you know, how to shoot video, how to make this – was, and, and yeah, it's not like you could easily search that stuff, like just in context. So like you had all this like friction that's yeah. built up, like, you know, just if we're putting it in a time capsule a little bit, because I think that's kind of interesting, like the creators of today versus like 20 years ago. It's crazy to say that how many years have gone by in a way. But like at that process, like yeah. you had to work for every inch of it. Like there's nothing easy about that process, I imagine. Oh yeah, like I, I, you know, like I said, I got a love-hate relationship with YouTube, but that is my homepage. <laughs> you know, I watch a lot of it's mostly news, but I'm constantly going to YouTube to learn how to do things, uh, and thank goodness. Um, but that always kind of stuck with me because over the years I've met other, you know, creatives, and I do a lot of music and film, and you know, uh, a lot of different things. I try a lot of different things. And I've met people in my history that I've tried to pick their brain about maybe how they did something or how they work. And they have withheld the information from me, not out of spite, but out of some, I don't even know what to call it, but uh, I don't know if some people think of that as competition, but it, it always, I'm always, I'm a very curious person, which I think is important. And I'm constantly asking questions and someone always knows more than I do of the stuff that I'm trying to figure out. So I like talking shop and um, learning what I don't know. So I ask a lot of questions, but I've been 
kind of denied some, you know, whether it's about music or, um, uh, or filmmaking or whatever. And it always kind of, kind of stood out to me, I guess. So if anybody ever asks me a question about how I did something, I'm always forthcoming because I know how that feels to not be able to, to not be able to ask anybody how to do something and to ask and have them shrug, shrug you off. And, uh, I don't know. It's just not cool. <laughs> so it's gotten way easier to find out how to do stuff nowadays, but back then it was, uh, it was a challenge. It would you say, and that was, so would you say on that, that, like that piece of it, um, was that always the case or is that more now? Like when you mentioned like, okay, you're doing music now. And so again, being inquisitive and having, and you know, that's part of the process of doing any of these things, right? We have to learn how to do them, like, or the, learn right. the components of it, like to get it out there to produce it or whatever it is. Do you feel like that's more modern? Do you, do, or did you always have that friction going back? Cause obviously there were less creators when you were getting started. I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't a thing in reality. Like you were, you were the precursor mm -hmm. to the, to the content creator of today as I, I, that's the way I view it. I don't know how you do, or if you even think about it through that lens, but if it feels like to me, if that makes sense. It's definitely a different landscape. Yeah. I mean, it felt different back then and we didn't know what we didn't know. So it didn't really bother me. It was just something of note that like, man, I don't have anybody to ask how to do this. You know, if it was something like, how do you change the oil in your car, which I still don't know how to do, I could find someone to ask that. Right. But when it came to the stuff that I was into, there there wasn't anyone. But as I kind of got into it and got um, got known, I guess, around town for doing it, because I did some articles in the paper and that kind of stuff. And as I did more projects, because I would kind of bounce back and forth between music and film, um, you come into contact with people uh, that sometimes do something, you know, adjacent, similar to what you do. Back then it was more music. You could find more, cause we had a lot of good musicians in Macomb and, um, or people like recording or, you know, when I would talk to people that nowadays I, I still ask questions, but it's just a lot easier um, to, go online and and find it now there's usually yeah. a video where someone is explaining how, and there's so much to know with uh with recording and audio mixing and mastering it's just endless I'll, I'll never get it all and there's so much to know with like editing and things are constantly changing and ai right now i'm trying to like brush up on that so i don't get left behind like what what right. is going on you right. know with that um but i'm just interested in the i guess it's two parts i don't know if this answers your question but i'm interested in, in process as well as creation mm -hmm. and i don't know for me that's been kind of key because some people have, you know, when they like something that you do and they kind of want to do it or do something similar and they're in your orbit and you, you involve them. Some people take to it like fish to water and other people you realize like, okay, they, that's not their, their strong suit. They can't sit in front of a computer for 10 hours and, you know, rotoscope a lightsaber or whatever, you know, whatever it is, because there's a lot of nerd work involved with putting something. It looks fun on screen, but as you know, there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears uh, behind it. But um, I didn't mind 
the work and I didn't mind uh, the the creation of it. And uh, it always felt worth it, even if the video didn't get like a lot of hits or wasn't popular. Because I was, I learned every video or every song that I produced, I learned something. So it never feels like a waste. On that front, and I, I want to talk about the the music and the new endeavors as well. Um, but like, you know, you brought it up, actually, I'll, I'll just ask this, how long do some of these like, how long did some of these skits or these, these, just these, these movies take to produce? Like, what was your longest one? Like, I know we were talking just offline about, mm. or I mentioned aliens alternate takes movie. And I just, <laughs> I was just thinking like the level of detail on that I felt was like extremely high. I'm like, how long does something like this take to create or, if, or if any of yours stand out as being like the longest to, to produce? Hmm. You know, that's kind of hard to, that's hard to say. Um, you know, some of them obviously took longer because of the graphics and some of them I had some help on and some of them, um, I don't know. I think that I, I'm not good with, I'm good with time and I'm bad with time. Mm -hmm. Like I don't remember anybody's birthday. (laughs) I don't remember holidays. Like uh, I have a, a, a weird sense of time, but, uh, I probably don't know that very well because I tend to just put my head down and like, well, we got to get all this done if we want to get this done. And I don't obsess over the time, but, um, it also changes, I guess, like, uh, you know, if you're, if you're doing something professionally, like we shot an independent movie, um, semi-professionally, uh, in New Orleans and we shot, you know, a feature length movie in like, 14 days which is kind of insane and so I can tell you oh it took us you know 14 days to Mm -hmm. shoot that and you know many many months of editing and all that but as far as like the shorts especially back then you're kind of you're grabbing people on weekends and and working around schedules so it kind of seems longer but I would always say okay well we're going to shoot on you know Friday Saturday and Sunday and the rest of the week I'm like prepping or making props or whatever. Um, and sometimes I would have, um, really good, you know, help be my brother or some friends or whatever. And other times I was doing stuff by myself. Um, so I, I don't know. I wish I could answer you better. I can't remember what took the, the longest, but, um, the star Wars, a lost hope had the most green screen because I was learning green screen as I was doing it. Um, which is Harry Scary, and um, the aliens uh, alternate takes that that was actually pretty quick, all things considered. But the c- computers got quicker, <laughs> you know, yeah. rendering times got quicker and everything. And I shot that by myself during COVID, and uh, you know, when you're having to rely on other people, your your schedule, you have to schedule everybody and. At that time, I didn't know that I was producing. I was getting everybody together. I didn't think of it as that. I was just wanting to get something done. But uh, so uh, it was a lot of producer work too. So I don't know. It's kind of kind of hard to answer. I, I guess I'm just not good with no. logging that stuff away because I just in the trenches, baby. I just like yeah, we got to get exactly. this war done. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter how long it takes. It's going to get done. 
<laughs> well, I think, and by the way, and that's the thing, it's like, I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer here. And part of it is just kind of understanding kind of how you approach projects and kind of the creative pursuit of it. I, at least that's what I'm fascinated by. And I imagine many of my listeners are too, you know, it's like this idea of like, I, I've always found it interesting. Like anytime I find something that I really like creatively, I, I would say that I actually have always loved like how it was built or made or, or mo- almost more interesting. So like if there's a movie I really love, I actually yeah. find the idea of like how it was filmed more interesting than the thing, than the thing even. Like, and I know that's weird and I, I don't know, but that's how I kind of look at it. No, I would, t- I would agree with that. I mean, I, I would say, because I went to college for one year for um, film school at uh, USM and I didn't want to go. But my parents basically said, if you don't go to college, we're kicking you out of the house. And I'm like, I got to a little college. <laughs> um, but I kind of figured it was going to be a waste, of, a waste of money because I felt like I was learning a lot just by doing. Um, but I, and then my dad got sick. And then I, so I was only there for a year and I just, I moved back home and, and you know, mom was alone. So we had some, some, some family tragedy. So I, I never went back. But um, I, I don't know. I just felt like it was one of those things that um, you can, if you want to do it badly enough, you'll, you'll kind of figure it out. I don't know that you need to go to school for everything, you know. And I knew some people that had gone to, to school for film and they're like, no one's ever asked me for a diploma, you know, in mm-hmm. film. It's, a little, it's a, little, uh, a little silly, but... I say all that to say, to get back to your question was, I felt like that was my film school was like voraciously buying DVDs and watching all the extras and then listening to the commentaries. And I used to watch an old show. I don't know what it aired on called movie magic when I was a kid. And ironically, I'm starting to rewatch some of those episodes on YouTube (laughs) at night when I go to bed, just on my laptop. Um, And it's funny how far, the technology and the way shooting has stayed the same, but also kind of changed. But that just piqued my interest of uh, how they would do something practically with like cheap stuff. It looks good on film, but it's shot practically. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I'm like, wow, you never would have known that was a miniature. You know, it just kind of blew my mind because it's a magic trick. Yes. I think Orson Welles put that, you know, like a magic trick. And it's uh, fun when you pull it off. Yeah. You know, so that leads me to uh, to this question about you mentioned um, some of the films that you produced. Sounds like more recently. Um, When did you. Well, I guess this is like a two or three part question, honestly, because part of me, I want to know, like, okay, so you started putting stuff online. But like, was there was there a quote unquote monetization strategy or was there a thing of like, here's how I actually earn money from this or get paid? And then you mentioned the the films that you've. I think filmed and directed slash produced. I don't know kind of what your involvement is in that. Anyway, I'm just curious about all of it. So maybe the first part first, I don't know, whichever is easier for you. Um, early on, I did not think about monetization um, because I, I was too busy just learning. And this is pre, you know, Google ads right. or whatever. Exactly. Um, right. So early days, there was just nothing. I was just putting my own, you know, money into it. Um, but there came a time, I guess it was when, uh, and you, you probably remember, I don't, whenever Google AdSense did come out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was able to get an account. I think the prerequisite was you, your website had to have so many hits or something. It was a very simple right. uh, process back then. And uh, I, I knew early on that I wanted to not just make more like a one-off film. So I knew to go ahead. I at least had the foresight to say, okay, I want to have an umbrella name mm-hmm. to this for this all to go under. So I came up with sequential pictures. Um, and um, so, you know, that was eventually would be the domain and website when I got a little money for that. But it took a while um, for me to, you know, kind of get the views and then the, the Google AdSense and then, you know, embedded on the page. And it really wasn't until I did the Star Wars Lost Hope, which was, and I'm bad about dates, but 2004. Yeah. like that 2005 yep. i don't remember that to go look it up that was the That's first right. time that um i had an influx like a crazy amount of um traffic and had the google adsense in place to mm-hmm. catch the traffic before then i was um catching people, you know, sign up for like a mailing list and, and I'll, you know, send you a DVD or, you know, whatever it was. But, uh, so I had, I don't know, 13,000 email addresses or something like that collected. And whenever I would put something out, you, you know, I would send out, of course, even that was a thing. I had to learn, well, how do you send out 13,000 emails, yeah, <laughs> you know, and you get this program and then your ISP says, what the hell are you doing? You're, you know, you're spamming people like, no, 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 they, they asked for this. Um, so, you know, that was a, that was a whole thing, but um, that was the only time that I was really able to, because I do recall that a lost hope cost me about a thousand dollars, which, um, you know, was a lot to me at the mm-hmm. time. But uh, I had to buy like the green screen and some software and all this kind of stuff. But the Google AdSense eventually, you know, months after I put it out, eventually paid for the party. It was the first time that a movie got paid for, you know. Um, But it was also the most I'd put into the movie at that time. But um, so, yeah. And, you know, after that, I kind of had sequentialpictures.com was a repository for my movies. And then people were taking the movies off of my website and then uploading it to YouTube. Mm. And I had a very mixed, um, well, a negative reaction at first, because that was how I was, I finally got to a point where I was making some income to not, not make money, pay for the, pay for the hosting, pay for the domain name, pay for the, pay for the party. And then they absconded with my movies. And of course, you know, it was just most people, it was just fans who just wanted it on YouTube. But, you know, if you go to YouTube and search, you know, uh, Star Wars, A Lost Hope or whatever, you'll find multiple versions over the years and, Mm -hmm. you know, 100,000 hits here, you know, whatever. And you go to mine because I got on YouTube way, you know, way late and was very late to that party because I just I lost that battle of being able to kind of have control of my content. Um, mine has far less views than, than other people, you know, and sometimes they would give me credit in like the description and sometimes it would crop out or crop off where it came from. Um, 
it's, I guess, just the nature of the beast. But, um, and not too long ago, YouTube sent me um, some kind of thing about, we, oh, we've recalculated the way we, we, what we consider to be a view. So like I'd done some, you know, the dark crystal, I redubbed a section of the dark crystal and it had gotten like 19 million views. And I'm like, all right, I'm starting to get some views because at this point, as you know, YouTube arbitrarily said, uh, yeah, we're going to demonetize your account, which is what they sent to me. And at that point I had made nothing because people could just watch my videos elsewhere, you know, um, I had never made a dime off the monetization, you know, uh, regardless, but they said, we're going to demonetize you because you have to have whatever the arbitrary prerequisite was. It's like, you need at least this many subscribers and this many amount of uh, hours of, of watch time per, per month or whatever. And I didn't meet one of those requirements, forget what it was, but I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and was like, well, I wasn't making anything, you know, anyway, but then they came back and said, we're going to recalculate the way, you know, we, what we consider a view. And I forget what the dark crystal, it was the one I had the most on at the time. It went from 19 million down to a ridiculously low number. And I'm like, really? All of those were not countable because that had been featured on like G4 TV. I wasn't aware of what G4 TV was until a friend of mine said, Hey, I think one of your videos was on this, television or I don't know if it was TV or whatever it was G4 TV um, and I'm like oh that's cool so I know it got you know some attention so I just it's just one of the YouTube keeps changing their uh, their requirements and it's better now than it was but it's annoying and it's not very uh, friendly to the creative like uh, you know people will say, Oh, you should do a, you know, a YouTube, uh, you know, be a YouTuber, which I hate that term. I, I hate taking like any website and then adding ER to the end of it and saying, Oh, I'm an Instagrammer. You know, I'm a filmmaker. That's what I am. I'm not a YouTuber. I'm not a TikToker. It, you know, it's, but that's the new language. I get it. Yeah. I'm 45. I'm getting older, but uh, I'm just kind of rolling my eyes. Oh, I'm Snapchatter. Doesn't that sound stupid now that Snapchat lost? You know what I mean? Just be aware. Um, but uh, I don't know. They, they, I just, I, I feel for the people that are trying to start a YouTube channel and the, these guidelines, they, before you can even monetize, it's hard enough to create something. But when you tell someone, yeah, you got to get a thousand subscribers and you got to get right. 500 hours of watch time every month, and then maybe we'll throw you some dimes. It's like, well, what was what, what? What truly is the difference between someone watching and appreciating your content at the beginning and after you get a thousand subscribers? Like, did they watch it or not? You owe it to those creatives because right now, what that sounds like to me, after something, because I've had my brush with the music business too, is it used to be like, you know, because I was in a band and we had an Atlantic Records demo deal. And back then the deal was, you know, we're going to make all the money from the sales and you make money from touring and selling merchandise. But nowadays, these artists, these people that, that get these record deals, it's called a 360 deal. You don't even get your merch. You know, you don't get to make money off of that. And it's like, man, it's just gotten worse and worse for creatives. And if you look at these people that 
how little they make. Like, you, I mean, I don't know about you, but I see these headlines from like, oh, this person put out a hit song, had all these streams, and they made 30 bucks. You know, so I just got kind of a love hate with, I kind of just ignore all this stuff and just keep creating, and I don't worry about that side of it. And that's part of my problem. And I know you're into marketing, <laughs> but I think if I obsessed about marketing, I think my personality, I would throw my hands up and say, you know what, screw it. It's not worth it. But it is worth it to me. Even if I don't make a dime, I learn from it. I've made friends through it. I have people like you who've been watching my stuff for, you know, 20 years. And that means something to me. So I, you know, I'm not a good self-promoter. And I'm not great at marketing. It's just something I realized about myself. But I think it's to kind of preserve my uh, almost a childlike desire to just make stuff. Yeah. Y- you know? For sure. But you, sure. you, I know you want to get into like how did, did I make money off of that. The quick, the quick answer to that is I learned all that stuff of how to light and shoot video and record audio and I eventually started my own company shooting commercials and um, doing field pieces. It, you know, I've done work from Marriott, Tulane University, Denver University. I got hired to, to uh, go to London and do like a mini documentary for this band that's recording at Abbey Road Studios. That was an amazing, you know, opportunity. And I got paid to, to do it. So, and, and some of the people that have hired me to like shoot a car commercial saw uh, they, I did something called your shit is weak, the musical. And they saw that and they loved it. And they were like, who shot that? You know, they live here and they would hire me to shoot, you know? So in a way I kind of became known for shooting videos. And then someone say, Hey, you know, can you shoot a commercial? I'm like, I got you, you know? So I kind of did. It's helped, you know? Um, but very kind of indirectly, that makes sense. Does that mean, I guess the, the follow-on question, yeah, and that's all, that's, that does make sense. The follow-on question will be then is it, is, is like the, is it part-time or full-time? Like, I guess the, the, the video production that you do that you publish on like YouTube now and on your site, that's, that's kind of part-time work. That's not like your full-time thing, but I would say, but you are full, are you full-time filmmaking, would you say? Um, no. I mean, if I were full-time film, uh, no, when you say filmmaking, are you drawing a distinction between the, the stuff I do that the like comedy that I love to do or the stuff that I do for higher, uh, you know, like I, the commercial stuff? I guess I, I guess I would think about that. Maybe I'd like to hear how you kind of break that up, but I know, um, I'd be kind of curious about all of it together because it seems like within the vein of like the skill set that you built up. Uh, obviously you have passion projects, but then it sounds like you're getting paid in some capacity to be doing that thing that you, you also do passionately. Right. Um, so yeah, all together, like, is this your whole thing or do you have to, or do you have a job and then you do this kind of part-time, you know, I'm just, I think just for those who are listening, I know I'm, I'm particularly curious too, like what, what level, uh, um, um I, I kind of, I started out doing, uh, I think I started out doing car commercials which is not very you know, luxurious, but it was a monthly thing. And it allowed me to, um, the only real full-time job I've ever had 
I said I had four jobs earlier at one point, but it was like I would work in the afternoons for an attorney. I, I worked at uh, a video store for a very short amount of time, like one day a week. Uh, I, I worked at a, an internet service provider for like one or two days a week, doing very, very little now that I think about it there. But, um, and I forget what the fourth one was, but the only full-time job I ever had was uh, working at a computer store, learning how to like fix computers. And that, that benefited me because computers are a part of, well, obviously, you know, at that time, not everybody had a computer, you know, in their house. It was, it was way back in the day. But um, so I can fix my own computers because I'm always dealing with a computer when I'm editing or creating or whatever. So um, it's nice to be able to fix them and troubleshoot. So I, I value that information, but I, and I can't remember how long I, I did that for, but I was also, I mean, I'm a little bit obsessive. So even on my lunch break, I worked very close to this computer shop. I would go home and eat in front of my computer while I was editing my matrix parody or whatever it was. I would even work during my lunch and then come home and go right back to it much to the dismay of whoever I was dating at the time, uh, you know, um, so a bit of a, you know, workaholic when I get my teeth into something, but, um, I might've done that for a, a year or two, maybe three. I, like I said, bad with time and date, but, um, right when I started doing car commercials, cause some people had seen the work that I had done, mm-hmm. um, I was able to get really cheap rent somewhere and um, and do a car commercial or two, you know, a month and everything was paid for. But of course that comes with, you know, you're not getting um, health insurance. You know, I was kind of working for myself, but when you're young and dumb, <laughs> you know, I was like, who needs health insurance? Um, as I almost just died this year for my health care. <laughs> and boy, I'm glad I had some Obamacare this year. But yeah, um, yeah so there, I was able to kind of go f- freelance, fortunately, and I would be hired to do something. And in between, I would just get busy with I would always come up with something to do like, you know what, I'm going to do a parody of James Bond, you know, um, try to add more to the website. Uh, I had a podcast for a brief moment or, you know what, cause I was doing a lot of, you know, I had the band at one point and uh, I did the band for many years. So there was always something creative to do in between. Of course the band came a little earlier now that I think about it, but regardless, I, I guess it's just always kind of worked out. But as you know, as you get older, these, it, it gets harder to get everybody together because people right. pull up, they get married, they have kids, they have bigger responsibilities. And me, for better or worse, I, I have kind of kicked it. Uh, you know, I'm not married. I don't have kids. I'm not in a rush to get married. Uh, I don't know that I ever want kids. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I value my time. And I value um, being able to be creative, and that's important to me. Um, so I don't know. I've kind of always fit things in between other things. There's always something to do. Right. But the good thing about like when you're doing something commercial is, you know, because I've got friends that work in the movie business, like for real, for real. 
Um, and man, that's some long hours, like 14 hour days. Those people work really hard. And, um, you know, I've got an energy deficit because I had mono and, uh, you know, I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And, and so I have to be real careful with my energy and it almost killed me shooting that movie. Cause it was, I mean, I was drawn and quartered directing that I didn't produce it. Um, my buddy Jared Hopkins produced it. Um, and he works like in the movie business for real, for real down in new Orleans. And so he was able to gather like a real crew of people that knew what they were doing. And, um, so it was a, it was a good learning experience for me, but what I also learned out of it is that, um, I don't know if I have the health slash stamina to do features all the time as much as I would love to. And I'm not saying I'll never do another feature. I just know to wear comfortable shoes next time and to be in a certain amount of shape. Um, uh, if I do do that, it's a, it's a big, it's a big job. It's mentally and physically, you know, exhausting to me because of my health history. Um, so it was kind of after that, that I was like, you know what? I really do appreciate that I can, make these shorts um, and have people appreciate them and they don't take quite as long to do. Um, and there's something to be said for that. Cause I think a lot of filmmakers, they want to, I've actually spoken to a filmmaker who said to me one time that they didn't want to waste their time making short films. They, they wanted to make their movie. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, man, and I told them as much like, I really think you should make a short film. <laughs> you know, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Mm. Um, make them on a short film. Uh, there's nothing wrong with a short film. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I may never go back to making another another feature. But um, I don't know if that answers your question. But, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, it does. And, and, and it also kind of just opens up some other uh, questions that I think are, might be interesting too, just hearing this. So it's like, I don't know, I guess, I guess I also think like, why not, um, or why, like, why not have a Patreon? Do you have a Patreon or do you have some way that people can contribute and create like, just like consistent funds for you or anything like that? Uh, I just know, because I do know some creators do pursue that. And sometimes that can be a great source to allow you to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, and Tom, I don't disagree. Uh, I signed up on Patreon just to grab my name, <laughs> just NT Bullock, just yeah. so, just in case, yes. because, uh, you, you know, the Patreon and uh, I guess Kickstarter and, um, uh, I think preliminarily we, we briefly spoke before the interview about the Kickstarter thing, uh, to reiterate that I, I had a problem with Kickstarter kickstarter early on not that it's a bad idea and i'm uh, you know i'm not denigrating anyone who's used it um it's an it's a really cool idea um but i guess because i always try to do things cheaply because i always think from the standpoint of always that this is not going to make any money even if it if it did i always go into it thinking this is not going to make any money do it as cheap and as fast as you can without sacrificing much quality and um, as much as you can. But um, yeah, it just, 
after having met a lot of filmmakers and um, going to film festivals and all this kind of stuff, I just, I got a little inundated with feeling like everybody was asking everybody to fund their film. Mm. And the way I came up was no one's going to give a shit about this, but you until they see it, you, you know, um, cause I've had some naysayers. I'm like, I want to do this. And they're like, mm-hmm, sure, whatever. But then it come, I, I finish it and then they see it and they're like, wow, I uh, didn't know that's what you were talking about. You, you know? Mm-hmm. So most people aren't really, uh, bowled over until they, they see the finished product. But I don't know. I felt kind of icky asking for people to fund my passion. You know, if I want to do it badly enough, I'm going to work an extra job or I'm going to save up or I'm going to find a way to do it or whatever. And I guess that, I don't know if that's pride or, or whatever, but it just felt weird to ask a bunch of people to, to fund it. Now I know it's not, that's just me inside my fishbowl head, you know, but, um, yeah, the Patreon was also an interesting thing, but like I said, I signed up just to grab my name, just in case I ever wanted to, mm-hmm. to, you know, to do it. And I've had people mention it to me before, but, um, I'm, I'm very wary or, or not wary, leery of, uh, getting something started. I would feel awkward. I'll say it this way. I would feel awkward because I know on Patreon, I guess people can sign up. Correct me if I'm wrong. Cause you know more about it than I do. They will say, Hey, I'll donate $5 a month towards this. Yeah. And you get some sort of tier of like, Hey, here's a free t-shirt or something. I would feel guilty because sometimes I'll go months. Like I've spent eight months recording a rap album that like five people love, <laughs> you know, for that eight months, I'd feel bad if someone who mm. signed up to pay, you know, onto my thing on Patreon was giving me five bucks a month because they love my movies and I didn't make a movie for a year because sometimes that happens. You know, I just don't, uh, I want to earn it for real. And I, I don't want people to feel like they have given me money and not gotten something, you know, yeah. for it. So, and well, maybe I'm just inside my own head, but yeah. I, I, the weird. only, the only thing I would challenge there is, except, and that's, sure. and I, I understand where you're coming from is just um, also that you, you don't have to do it that way. I guess I just want to clarify that piece. Like, but I'm not saying you have to do it or that you should. I mean, it's like, I think the, I appreciate the, the creative approach to this, but you know, Patreon could also be something that you kind of put up like a tip jar and it's like, you're playing music Mm -hmm. and there's the tip jar and people can throw some money your way if they want or not. Um, it doesn't have to be like that, that you have to like commit to producing new stuff or have an exclusive tier. It could straight up be like, you can spend, you can, uh, you can put $5 in the pot every month and you get absolutely nothing from me. Thank you for your patronage. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? You You can, you can set the rules. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's my omniscience on the whole, you know, saying uh, just ignorance, basically. But I, I know at one point, and now that I'm thinking about this, is at one point you could not put links that went outside of YouTube into the description of YouTube, correct? Do you remember that? Yeah, that I, 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 I possibly, or at least you'd get like penalized for it or something like that. I'm not exactly sure. I vaguely remember, so this is yet another, like... Yeah, you might know better. YouTube... I, I remember thinking like maybe I could do that and then I realized they would not allow you to go outside of the domain of you know youtube.com slash mm-hmm. you could link to other videos but I think when I looked into that 
you know, it, it just, it felt so stifling. It's yes. like, I'm on your platform because I'm forced to be on your platform. You right. clearly won video. You, okay, we get it, YouTube. You won video, okay? Everybody's taking my videos off of my site. I lost that battle. Fair enough. But, uh, but now I can't monetize it, especially since some of my videos, as you know, are like redubs. Right. It's a, it's a weird eclectic mix of, of stuff up there because some of it's completely original and some of it's a parody of stuff that has music. Like when I did a glitch in the Matrix, I, I could have used some like MIDI or some crappy kind of, you know, royalty-free stock stuff. But there again, I didn't care about the monetization. I cared mm-hmm. about how it felt. And mm-hmm. part of the movie, the soundtrack is way important. That music is super important. So I'm using the Star Wars music. I'm using the music from The Thing and, and uh, The Matrix because it's important. That's more important to me. But boom, you instantly get dinged on YouTube. And you know what? Valid. Totally valid. Or on the redub, I'm using not only the music, but the images do, as well. Do you, do you, do you feel like that is? Do you feel like that is fair, though? I didn't say fair. I said valid. Valid. Okay. Valid. Okay. Yeah. It's unfair because I am taking something. I'm reimagining it. In fact, I'm. I'm. I've often heard that I'm introducing some of these people to some people who never heard of the Dark Crystal, or right. um, you know whatever it is. The thing. I've never seen the thing. Um, you're kind of introducing them to it, and. What you're saying by taking 100% of my, of the potential, you know, take on it, that I have, it's, there's no value added. I've done nothing mm-hmm. because one song in here, you're going to take a hundred percent of the ads or whatever. Um, I, I do find that to be unfair, but if I had to play devil's advocate, it's not like they're going to go through each and every video and, you know, send it up to the Supreme Court of YouTube or whatever the hell and say, oh, okay, well, he did do a little something. Let's give him, you know, a few pennies or so. And I found that what happened with my YouTube account was um, they flagged it early days because I uploaded something that, you know, because their copyright stuff used to be even stricter. Um, now, like right now, I'm kind of looking into AI upscaling some of the older videos. And um, they'll say, oh, there's a copyright tag on this, or flag rather, and it'll be blocked in some countries. And it really depends on the studio or whoever owns the rights to it. And some of them let it go and some of them don't. But if there's ever an ad or anything on it to be made, I don't see you know, a dime of it. Mm-hmm. But so some companies are kind of cool. Some, some are not so much. But um, I noticed that, like I did a redub of Avatar, and before it even got done processing, it's like, oh, we're going to make all the different versions. I had not published it. I got a copyright ding. And it's like, man, that was quick. I didn't even put it. didn't even go live. So clearly my account was flagged. And I've had friends of mine say that they have gone specifically onto YouTube and at times like searched out my last name, sequential pictures and the name of the video and that my video was like pushed way down. It wasn't even on like the first page mm-hmm. of results. So it's like you've I, been like shadow banned or something. Shadow banned or throttled or something. And yeah. I can never prove it. 
But I just feel over and over between the demonetization and between the, um, you know, the copyright stuff and not sharing, you know, revenue sharing, and um, then, oh, you know, you need this many subscribers, all this stuff. It's, it's like, you know, death by a thousand cuts, Mm -hmm. but I can't do anything about it. So I continue to put stuff up on YouTube. And the only way I sleep at night is I expect nothing in return but uh, a, a comment of praise here and there. Uh, and you know what? It's enough. That's awesome. But man. it's not fair. It's not fair, but, you know, that's just my perspective on it. Yeah. But maybe I should start a Patreon, <laughs> you know, or, or, or actually do something with it. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it would. Yeah. No way. But, but I, I, think I do. Would, I would say you, I got to make it minimalist. So it takes up no time or energy from you. It sucks nothing away. Like it's just like, here's a tip jar. Like yeah. I, I, you will get, you can tip me and you will get nothing. And it's like, I don't know. I just feel like even if you were straight <laughs> up like that, I would be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tip the man. Cause Cause uh, you know, I've laughed so hard at some of these things. So like, um, I w- I'm just saying maybe, maybe just put the tip jar up and just be super clear. Like no, zero, zero a- expectations. Uh, and, you know, I probably should. It's, it's not a bad suggestion. Yeah. Well, anyway, but okay. So beyond that though, I'm curious, have you ever, um, so, you know, I, I feel like every piece that you put or you publish it has, it's, it's like, uh, it's something that you care about. It's something you want to see come to life. I mean, you mentioned that in a bunch of different ways, kind of, or, or that coming back to that point in, in some ways. And I don't think I'm even articulating it very well. But how about like the idea of commercializing some of your, your stuff? Like, does that, like, do you, do you think about that now or have you ever, like, or have you ever pursued something like trying to make it? you know, say funny from the heart, from what you do, and also with a commercial idea, or is it kind of coming back to that original answer where it's like, you just don't really, you don't really think that much about that stuff. Have you ever attempted, I guess, to make something mainstream or commercial, I guess would be my question. Um, I don't, I don't think that I have, and that's probably a multi-pronged mm-hmm. answer. I mean, I already felt like I was you know, not selling out or going commercial, but by choosing to do a Star Wars parody. Because like I said, it's not yeah. like I'm obsessed with Star I like science right. fiction. But, um, you know, I did it to the starting thought was not like I have a great idea for a Star Wars parody. It's I should use Star Wars as a, you know, a, a mm-hmm. vehicle. But um, it's hard to, especially outside of, the system to make something if you don't have marketing dollars it's really hard to get in front of people and i any marketing dollars i would have i'm instantly just going to put that on screen um for whatever it is but like we did you know uh jared hopkins and i we we made a feature you know film in uh in new orleans and but there again it was an odd bird that had a, a complicated pun of a title it was a it had it was a political comedy um it was had a preposterous plot and shot it in black and white and it was rated r so you know kind of unbeknownst to us maybe in our in our you know ignorance it's a lot harder to especially in in la because we went and shopped the movie out there we had people tell us that they liked it and we had some meetings but it was 
five minutes too short. They wanted to just like pad it for five minutes to fit, you know, a block or something. Uh, black and white was hard to sell. Rated R was even harder to sell. So we had kind of done some things that instantly made it harder to sell. But on top of that, it didn't have any names. So if I had advice, if someone was going to spend a substantial amount of money, at least get you a B-name actor in there, even if they're not the main role, because that's way more important than you would think. You, you know, you can, you got a much better chance if you have any kind, even a C-list actor of getting in some bargain bin somewhere and, and maybe one day seeing some sort of residual. But I got friends and filmmakers that have made films that never made a dime. And that's a lot of work. And I don't want to do that. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I used to, when I was younger, I think it's like, yeah, I want to go to Hollywood or whatever, or LA and I want to become a director and make big, big movies. And there's still a part of me that wants to do that, but between like reality and between my health and all that, it just wasn't happening. And now as I'm older, I'm very okay with that. I'm very okay that I didn't go into the music business, you know, uh, as well, because there's a lot of, you know, there's ups and downs. I know people that are in both of those businesses and they don't all love their jobs and they're living the dream, you know? So I, I kind of look inward and I'm like, you know, I really love what I've done. I've had a lot of fun uh, doing what I've done. And that's kind of more important to me, but there's also a price to pay for that because no, I don't have a huge bank account. I don't make, you know, money from directly from doing that stuff. Uh, I don't have dental insurance, <laughs> you know, so it, it, it's some people would hate the lifestyle of being a freelancer and doing this kind of stuff because it would seem like a lot of work for very little, you know, I don't drive a Mercedes, you know, but I just don't gauge things like that. I'm not obsessed with, I'm not obsessed with money, which is um, a good thing and a bad thing. It depends on, you know, depends on where you're coming from. But uh, yeah, so as far as doing something commercial, I know people that have gone out of their way to do something commercial and it still doesn't make money. Yeah. Um, it costs them money and it costs them a lot of, you know, time as well. And um, it's too hard of work to be on the other side of it and say, not only am I not making money, I don't like what I made. Right. I'm, you know, I don't tell people that, you know, I made this B movie that kind of sucks, <laughs> right. you know, and I've got some movies of mine that I'm like, mm, that kind of sucks when I go back and look at it, you know? Uh, so, I don't know. I guess it's perspective. Um, but, you know, if someone, if I came up with an idea that was, that happened to be commercial and then happened to get the funding and it did, that would be great. But uh, just some lightning in a bottle there, it, you know, I'm not saying never, but uh, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Well, I also feel like part of it too, it's kind of going down that rabbit hole. And I don't know if you, you feel this way, but I think it's that, <sighs> dichotomy maybe between like art and commercial piece of it, I guess you could say. And I don't necessarily believe that they're um, antagonistic, but that um, mutually exclusive. Yeah. yeah but I, I, I feel like, but I do feel like there is some, some truth to the fact that when you skew like to the, say the monetary, the commercial or this or that, like at the end of the day, 
what, what that means is de depending on who you are, we'll say like, you know what I mean? Like depending on what kind of artist you are, it means compromising in some ways. Um, not everybody, maybe some people are just like, they, you know, somebody's built and they, they are just like that their type of art is just extremely mainstream or whatever you might call that, um, alternative. And mm -hmm. I don't, again, even that they might not be financially successful trying to go that route, but it's just that, that idea of like, well, if I'm trying to make this say financially successful or commercially viable or something like that, I, it might influence the actual art, the actual film, the actual, the story or whatever you're creating or how you do it. I mean, I don't know. That's yeah. just my thoughts from the outside, but I'm, I'm curious what your take is on something like that. Well, I'd agree with that. I mean, because there's, there's like, even the, the, the feature film I made, it, it's, it's a romantic comedy, but that on its surface bores the hell out of me. So that's the reason the plot is, is so absurd um, and hyperbolic. Uh, like I, I, I did a short film called Mombi where I play like a, a 10 year old, you, you know, um, which is ridiculous. But I think uh, if, if I don't find it humorous, then, then I don't want to do it. And I guess yeah. my humor, you know, my, my brother and I have a very similar sense of, uh, of humor and we're constantly showing each, you know, showing each other stuff. And, and it's usually this kind of esoteric, like, he showed me uh, this show that was on, I guess it was BBC. It was a British show called The, the League of Gentlemen. I mean, it is not a why I don't know many people that have even seen The League of Gentlemen, but it's brilliant, but it's esoteric, it's dark, but it's hilarious. And, you know, growing up on like Monty Python and uh, uh, Top Secret and uh, Airplane, just these movies that just took like these bold swings and, you know, you take a bold swing and you might have a bold miss. And I've done that too. But um, I, as far as my stuff that I do for myself, I, I got to find it funny. And usually what I find funny is a little off kilter. <laughs> um, and I, I think in our preliminary, you know, we spoke briefly before yeah. the, uh, the, the thing you called me something like an underground comedian or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, that's pretty accurate. Like I've never called myself that, but I was like, I dig that. Yeah. I don't mind being underground, but I do know a lot of jaded. I've met a lot of jaded filmmakers that they're, it seems like they're not present in the joy of what they're currently doing or about to do because they think this isn't a feature film and I haven't made it yet. It, what's, what's the, the, the old phrase, like, you know, it's not the, it's the journey, not the destination. Mm -hmm. And I think I realized that after, um, around the year 2000, I was, you know, like I said, I was in a band and we had a couple of demo deals with Atlantic records and I left the band before we even heard back from Atlantic records for reasons that don't matter. But I, I realized then that it's like, I know this sounds crazy, but I'm, I don't want to say throwing away an opportunity, but I realized some things that I didn't want to do and something I didn't want to be and things that might not be good for my soul. I have to get kind of, you know, hokey about it. Um, and I don't regret doing it. The only thing that 
might have been regrettable is I enjoyed being in a band and I was in a band with some talent that were better musicians than, than I was. Um, and there were a lot of good times uh, and had fun, you know, we were recording and making music. And, but there again, back to process. That's all I need to be happy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't worried about when people start telling you like, uh, oh, you're going to be rich and famous and all this kind of crap. I kind of, it turns me off. Like that's not the reason that would be a happenstance. That would be a symptom of something that I'm already doing. I'm, I don't yes. want to obsess. It just really pointed it out that, Oh, I'm really not driven by that. So maybe me being surrounded with people where their interest is for me to be rich and famous. They're saying it to me to entice me because they think that that's what I want is just a, a attention be it good or bad just for money um, because I will be paying their bills if I am successful but they're going to ask me to do things that's good for them Um, not always some some people are you know in the business whether it's film or music I'm not saying there are no good people that don't have good advice but in some of my experiences I just felt like my what was best for me was not what was being thrown at me. And um, it was stressful and I walked away from it, you know? So I don't know. I learned something about myself that that I'm just not worried about being rich and famous and all that kind of stuff. And I'm much happier just producing stuff that makes me happy, but I'm also broke, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I was going to ask if yeah. I could borrow a few thousand dollars and we'll talk about it later, but yeah, for sure. That's so funny. Um, so, okay. So question <laughs> on this. Um, well, yeah, I just, you mentioned like doing the things that kind of like make you happy when you look back at like the, some of the videos you've done, like, are there any that, that you feel like have really stood the test of time or stand out to you as like favorites or, um, you know, I don't know if you have like a favorite of your own of things that you've created. Um, that's kind of hard. I, I mean, yeah. I have people on YouTube or write me messages that they will tell me their favorite. And I kind of like live vicariously through that, or they will quote something from even a video that like I put up and it just really wasn't that popular, but they'll, they'll quote it to me. And I'm like, awesome. You know, um, that happened actually just last night. Uh, but I, I guess some of my more fond memories like the the star wars a lost hope obviously was way bigger than any of the other movies mm-hmm. and you know i did it with some good friends eric Cohn, my brother scott um uh anthony washington we just friends we all got mm-hmm. together and they um it was just a lot of fun and it, it's nice that it got a lot of attention and mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of views and stuff. So I I don't necessarily think oh Star Wars: A Lost Hope was my best film. Mm-hmm. It's just by by certain measures, um, you. It's not like it's my favorite, but I have a lot of fond memories yeah. of. I have a lot of fond memories of all of them, even the ones yeah. that you know afterwards. Like you watch it a year, year later, and you're like, no, it's not that great. Uh, but you know, I was on set. And making jokes and, you know, uh, still had some good times. So, um, so no, it's kind of a cop-out maybe of an answer. I, I do not have 
uh, a favorite particular. The uh, the redubs. Did you expect these to be as uh, popular as they are? Um, I wasn't. I wasn't sure. Dune, uh, Lynch's Dune was the first one that I did, and I remember I needed some extra voices. Uh, and I asked Eric Cohn, and I remember he was a little hesitant. For I don't, it's one of those things where it's like, let me show you what I'm talking about. And he was instantly yeah. on board after I, I, I went ahead and started working on it. I was just going to do it myself. And then he, you know, he came over and I was kind of showing what I was doing. He was laughing and he instantly, you know, got it and um, jumped on board. But uh, no, I, at that time, I had not seen anything like that. I don't even know how I had the idea and I don't know why I chose Dune specific. I got a, I got a love of that original Dune film. I love the new one too, but um, it's just so bizarre and out there and fascinating. Um, but uh, yeah, it's slowly, well, I you know, that's one of those things where I, I did that one. And I tried to put it up on my YouTube account and it instantly got dinged and I couldn't put it up. And so then Eric had a, um, a YouTube channel and I'm like, dude, if you, you, you want to try to put it on yours? Cause I think my account is flagged and it went up fine on him, you know, and stuff like that has happened and they never said anything to him. So just little things like that. I'm like, what am I, you know, black sheep here. Um, but, uh, and I got a lot of views and, um, but there again, I had no expectations, but after that one did well, it's like, let's, you know, let's do some more. Um, and I still would like to do some more. Uh, so I plan on doing that, but no, I had no idea. Yeah. I got some, uh, some, some reader questions. And one of them was, are you going to do a redub of avatar water? Or what is this? Movie? Um, you know, I love me some, some James Cameron. Um, and I liked Avatar when it came out. I'm like, you know, like the best story ever, most original. But there's, uh, you know, there again, I'm interested in process and the 3D and all that stuff was interesting. And there were some interesting ideas in there. And I got such a respect for James, you know, Cameron. Um, I was a little, you know, enamored with it. But I watched the new one and, and uh, I think John Stewart reviewed it the best he he said why why it was like a one word review and i'm like oh it's totally because I, I didn't like it and i'm like this is not very additive to me to the universe and i just don't care and um no i feel like i would honestly be you know like even though i'm kind of it i guess like when i'm doing the thing for dune i love dune I'm not making fun of it saying it's a bad movie. Right. I'm adding humor to it because I have such a love for the film. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the aliens alternate yeah, takes thing. Yeah. You know, aliens is the best movie ever made. As far as I'm concerned, yes. um, I got a, I got a love for it. And I put a lot of nuanced stuff because me and my brother have watched that movie ad nauseum to death. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, the thing, the thing's one of the best thing, science oh, fiction yes. horror films, you know, around yes. predator, you don't yep. get better than like aliens and predator. I'm sorry. That, that's just yep. a plus science fiction. So I tend to do movies that I, that I like, make fun of movies that I like. And I, I, I just didn't really personally care for the way of water. 
Yeah, no, that's, that's interesting. I'm curious about your process. So that was, that was fun to hear. So yeah, I guess the follow on for that would be, what are your, what are your plans now going into the future? Like what is your focus right now? Or what are some of the things that are on the horizon or might be on the horizon? Um, well, like, a you know, basically how we kind of met or got to talking, uh, this year has been pretty bad. Um, I almost died <laughs> this year, yeah. uh, with, um, uh, so I've been in the hospital for like almost like six months and I had to relearn how to eat and walk. Mm. And, uh, I'm still relearning how to, to walk. Um, so I don't know what's next. I'm just trying to get back, get my life back. Yeah. And I've had to, uh, um, you know, turn down, you know, COVID kind of wrecked my business. So it was already kind of a bad couple of few years. And then, um, and then to get this sick and end up in the hospital and, uh, and all that. So it, it changes your perspective, but, um, I've just been focusing on getting better and getting back to normal. But what probably will happen, uh, is I, I miss music. Uh, and I really want to get back into writing some more songs and recording. And I'm back in town with, uh, you know, I moved back to Mississippi from Louisiana and I'm in town with, you know, my old drummer from that band, you know, we're still friends after all these years and I desperately just want to make some terrible music with my boy. Um, but I probably the, the redubs are a little, I don't want to say easier, but it's easier than like, it takes a lot of energy to like get all the lights and your camera equipment in a car and then get everybody together and shoot right. something. So the redubs are a little easier cause it's more of a studio based thing. Um, I'll probably do a, a redub or some music, but, uh, I've just kind of blocked this whole year out. It's just learning how to walk and talk and eat in public yeah. again, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And, I've had, a, I've had quite a few people ask me like, you know, are you going to write something? You know, I'm sure that you're, whatever you do next is going to be informed by like this really terrible thing that you've just been through and, uh, or like you're going to write a song about it. I'm like, you know what? I don't know that I will. Cause I honestly just want to put, it was so bad. I kind of want to put it behind me. Um, uh, it's been a pretty harrowing experience, but I um, have put no, expectations i just miss creating stuff i've got yeah. no expectations on myself to to do something because it's too i've been through enough stress this month this uh, this year so far to uh, to do that to myself so I, I really don't know what and when uh anything else will happen right yet yeah and i guess finally like in terms of just for those who are listening to i think there's a lot of kind of creatives out there, creators, um, artists, uh, an eclectic group. I get a lot of emails from a lot of different types of um, people. And I think maybe that's because I talk about this topic a little bit as well, but it's like that kind of, um, like how Stephen Pressfield might say, like the war of art, um, which might be like, I don't know, not everybody's cup of tea of how he describes that, but it's like this idea of creation and, the, and, and it, it being a, a challenge, but kind of worthwhile. I'd be curious if you have any bits of advice for those who might have been in a position like you. Like, if you were given advice to your younger self, you've actually given it a couple of bits throughout this. Um, but I'm just curious if there's 
anything you would say to the person who's just getting started or going this route, like um, things that maybe would have helped you if you'd known um, or what to expect or anything like that? Hmm. You know, the landscape, like I've said before, has changed so much. You know, the, the, the advice I might have given yeah. 10, 15 years ago is, is different. It's so much easier now to do stuff, not to say any of it's easy. But, uh, I, that, and, you know, this is probably bad advice, but I'll still I'll say it regardless. But, you know, all this SEO stuff and obsessing mm-hmm. about how many followers you have. I mean, I, I get that that's the way of the world now. But at the same time, protect your soul. You know, if you obsess over these numbers and if, uh, if not enough people like what you do, give yourself some room to breathe, make mistakes, make bad art. I've made plenty of bad stuff um, and just hope. You won't know it in the moment probably, but hope that while you're making stuff, you'll make at least one thing that resonates with someone. But that's coming from someone who's not worried about the money side of it. And, um, you know, uh, the, the money side is important. You know, I'm fully, I'm fully aware of that. But um, it's, it's, they're hard things to, to have them both come together is really yeah. difficult. It's a hat trick. And I guess I just err on the side of, you know, tis better to have created and lost than to have never created. Mm. Uh, so because there's a certain, you know, you meet these people that know the price of everything but the value of nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I'm, I value the joy that I've gotten from just creating stuff and money can get you things, but you're always going to want more money and you're always going to want more things. And where does that end? Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, uh, I'm getting endless joy from these comments that people telling me that I've been watching my stuff for 20 years. I can't put a price on that. Mm -hmm. So it's a very uh, hippie, (laughs) hippie dippy uh, kind of thing to say, but it's how I feel. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. It makes a lot of sense and I, I do appreciate it. And I think it's a good insight and um, relevant because sometimes that's, that's what it's gotta be. Um, and again, more power to anybody else, you know, if they have a different approach to it, but yeah, I do appreciate your insights on that. So let me ask you this uh, to close it out. Where can people find you? How can they best support you? Um, well, apparently I have to get this Patreon thing. Uh, yeah, I think, so. um, I think so. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, my website is kind of defunct, sequentialpictures.com. Uh, it's, it's falling in disrepair, but uh, YouTube, I guess. <laughs> Ironically, YouTube, sequential pictures. And sequential pictures. You might find okay. a video of mine, and it might not be on my account, but that's okay. It's the way it, way it goes. Yep. Like it, like, and subscribe it. And then, yeah, man, when we get, get some of these other things uh, going again, um, yeah, I think uh, just put them out to that list. That's a, maybe a good way to, yeah. to start. So, yeah. Awesome, Todd. Well, hey, thank you so much for being on In the Trenches, man. This is a fun conversation. I do, I'm a big fan of your your art. Your, your <laughs> A lot of your videos have brought a lot of uh, laughter to me. 
um, and my brothers and friends like that, uh, you know, it's, uh, so I would say I count me among that, uh, a fan. And I think it's just really cool to kind of get your perspective on some of these topics, um, just kind of go inside the, the mind of a creator and somebody who's just, um, not scared to put content out there, um, and do silly things. And, uh, it's, it's, it's just very cool to have seen so much content produced over the years. And obviously I wish you much, um, you know, uh, health and wellness in the years to come as well and, and soon. So thank you again for just being on in the trenches, man. It was a real pleasure. Awesome. Well, thank you for asking me. I appreciate it. And that wraps up another broadcast of in the trenches. Again, if you enjoyed this conversation, please consider sharing it, leave a review. It supports the podcast. It lets me interview creative people like Todd and help shine the spotlight on people that I think really do genuinely deserve it. You'll know that this is, if you listen to the end and this is your, uh, and you're an, you're an OG, you've been listening for a while, you know, I've taken like a year off from this podcast, maybe like almost like a year and a half, really. It feels like, uh, I had kind of just lost the, I don't know what you would say, the inspiration or spirit to keep doing it. But part of this conversation with Todd, for example, is me wanting to go into those spaces and talk to people that, you know, again, kind of light me up in some ways. So if there's other people out there, um, they don't have to be mainstream. They can they can be doing strange or interesting things. That's kind of, I want to shine the spotlight on those kind of people and, and these kind of stories. And yeah, if you have any other feedback for the podcast, just let me know. My email is tom at tommorkes.com, T-O-M-M-O-R-K-E-S.com. You can also just go to tommorkes.com and you'll find a contact page or some way to get in touch with me. And I would genuinely love to hear from you. For everybody who supported me from the beginning, who's left reviews, who's commented on my blog or podcast, again, I really appreciate you. You give me the fuel and the fire to keep doing this. And my hope is that this is a great conversation. You enjoyed it. And I can bring more stuff like this to the table. And I would genuinely just love to hear from you, the person who is listening to this right now. So if you've got a minute, if you're driving, pull over shoot me a message. If you're working out, stop pumping that iron and shoot me a message. If you're just going about your day, if you're sitting down on the couch, whatever it is, pause right now, shoot me an email. Uh, Let me know what you think. Would love to hear from you. And that's it for today. I appreciate you and stay frosty.